Section 8 of The Wound Dresser by Walt Whitman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letters of 1862 to 3 continued. 11. Washington, Tuesday forenoon, May 19, 1863. Dearest Mother, I sent George a letter yesterday. Have not got any letter myself from Georgie, but have sent him quite a good many, and papers. Mother, what a tramp the 51st has had. They only need now to go to California, and they will finish the job complete. Oh, Mother, how welcome the shirts were. I was putting off and putting off to get some new ones. I could not find any one to do them as I want them, and it would have cost such a price, and so my old ones had got to be. When they came back from the wash I had to laugh. They were a lot of rags held together with starch. I have a very nice old black auntie for a washwoman, but she bears down pretty hard, I guess, when she irons them, and they showed something like the poor old city of Fredericksburg does since Burnside bombarded it. Well, mother, when the bundle came I was so glad. And the coats, too, worn as they are, they come in very handy. And the cake, dear mother, I am almost like the boy that put it under his pillow and woke up in the night and eat some. I carried a good chunk to a young man wounded I think a good deal of, and it did him so much good. It is dry, but all the better, as he eat it with tea, and it relished. I eat a piece with him, and drinked some tea out of his cup as I sat by the side of his cot. Mother, I have neglected, I think, what I ought to have told you two or three weeks ago. That is, that I have discarded my old clothes, somewhat because they were too thick, and more still because they were worse gone in than any I have ever yet wore, I think, in my life, especially the trousers. Wearing my big boots had caused the inside of the legs just above the knee to wear two beautiful round holes right through cloth and partly through the lining, producing a novel effect, which was not necessary as I produce a sufficient sensation without. Then they were desperately faded. I have a nice plain suit of a dark wine color, looks very well and feels good, single-breasted sack coat with breast pockets, etc., and vest and pants, same as what I always wear, pants pretty full, so upon the whole all looks unusually good for me. My hat is very good yet, boots ditto, I have a new necktie, nice shirts. You can imagine I cut quite a swell. I have not trimmed my beard since I left home, but it has not grown much longer, only perhaps a little bushier. I keep about as stout as ever, and the past five or six days I have felt wonderful well. Indeed, never did I feel better. About ten or twelve days ago we had a short spell of very warm weather here, but for about six days now it has been delightful, just warm enough. I generally go to the hospitals from twelve to four, and then again from six to nine. Some days I only go in the middle of the day or evening, not both, and then when I feel somewhat oppressed I skip over a day, or make perhaps a light call only, as I have several cautions from the doctors, who tell me that one must beware of continuing too steady and long in the air and influences of the hospitals. I find the caution a wise one. Mother, you or Jeff must write me what Andrew does about going to North Carolina. 
I should think it might have a beneficial effect upon his throat. I wrote Jeff quite a long letter Sunday. Jeff must write to me whenever he can. I like dearly to have them. And whenever you feel like it, you too, dear mother. Tell Sis her Uncle Walt will come back one of these days from the sick soldiers and take her out on Fort Green again. Mother, I received a letter yesterday from John Elliot's father in Bedford County, Pennsylvania, the young man I told you about who died under the operation. It was very sad. It was the first he knew about it. I don't know whether I told you of Dennis Barrett, pneumonia three weeks since, had got well enough to be sent home. Dearest mother, I hope you will take things as easy as possible and try to keep a good heart. Maddie, my dear sister, I have to inform you that I was treated to a splendid dish of ice cream Sunday night. I wish you was with me to have another. I send you my love, dear sister. Mother, I hope by all means it will be possible to keep the money whole to get some ranch next spring, if not before. I mean to come home and build it. Goodbye for the present, dear mother. Walt. 12. Washington, Tuesday forenoon, May 26, 1863. Dearest mother, I got a long letter from George dated near Lancaster, Kentucky, May 15th. He seems to be well and in good spirits, says he gets some letters from me and papers too. At the time he wrote, the 51st was doing provost duty at Lancaster, but would not probably remain so very long. Seemed to be moving toward southeast Kentucky. Had a good camp and good times generally. Legendre is colonel. General Ferrero has left the service. Colonel Potter, now brigadier general, is in Cincinnati. Captain Sims, etc., are all well. George describes Kentucky as a very fine country. Says the people are about half and half, secession union. This is the longest letter I have yet received from George. Did he write you one about the same time? Mother, I have not received any word from home in over a week. The last letter I had from Mr. Lane was about twelve days ago, sending me ten dollars for the soldiers, five from Mr. Kirkwood and five from Mr. Conklin Brush. Mother, dear, I should like to hear from Martha. I wish Jeff would write me about it. Has Andrew gone? And how is your wrist and arm, mother? We had some very hot weather here. I don't know what I should have done without the thin gray coat you sent. You don't know how good it does, and looks, too. I wore it three days and carried a fan and an umbrella, quite a Japanese. Most everybody here carries an umbrella on account of the sun. Yesterday and today, however, have been quite cool east wind mother the shirts were a real godsend they do first rate i like the fancy marseilles collar and wristbands mother how are you getting along i suppose just the same as ever i suppose jess and ed are just the same as ever when you write you tell me all about everything and the browns and the neighborhood generally mother is george's trunk home and of no use there i wish i had it here as i must have a trunk but do not wish you to send it until I send you word. I suppose my letter never appeared in the Eagle. Well, I shall send them no more, as I think likely they hate to put in anything which may celebrate me a little, even though it is just the thing they want for their paper and readers. 
They altered the other letter on that account very meanly. I shall probably have letters in the New York Times and perhaps other papers in about a week. Mother, I have been pretty active in hospitals for the past two weeks, somewhere every day or night. I have written you so much about cases, etc. I will not write you any more on that subject this time. Oh, the sad, sad things I see, the noble young men with legs and arms taken off, the deaths, the sick weakness, sicker than death that some endure after amputations. There is a great difference. Some make little of it. Others lie after it for days, just flickering alive and oh so deathly weak and sick. I go this afternoon to Campbell Hospital, out a couple of miles. Mother, I should like to have Jeff send me twenty of the large-sized portraits and as many of the standing figure. Do them up flat. I think every day about Martha. Mother, have you heard any further about Han? Good-bye for the present, dearest mother. Walt. 13. Washington, Tuesday morning, June 9, 1863. Dearest mother, Jeff's letter came yesterday and was very welcome, as I wanted to hear about you all. I wrote to George yesterday and sent Jeff's letter enclosed. It looks from some accounts as though the Ninth Army Corps might be going down into East Tennessee, Cumberland Gap, or perhaps bound for Knoxville. It is an important region and has many Southern Unionists. The staunchest Union man I have ever met is a young Southerner in the 2nd Tennessee Union Regiment. He was ten months in Southern prisons, came up from Richmond, paroled about ten weeks ago, and has been in hospital here sick until lately. He suffered everything but death. He is the one they hung up by the heels, head downwards, and indeed worse than death, but stuck to his convictions like a hero. John Barker, a real manly fellow. I saw much of him and heard much of that country that can be relied on. He has now gone home to his regiment. Mother, I am feeling very well these days. My head that was stopped up so and hard of hearing seems to be all right. I only hope you have had similar good fortune with your rheumatism and that it will continue so. I wish I could come in for a couple of days and see you. If I should succeed in getting a transportation ticket that would take me to New York and back, I should be tempted to come home for two or three days, as I want some manuscripts and books, and the trunk, etc. Uh, but I will see. Mother, your letter week before last was very good. Whenever you feel like it, you write me, dear mother, and tell me everything about the neighborhood and all the items of our family. And Sister Matt, how is she getting along? I believe I will have to write a letter especially to her and Sis one of these times. It is awful dry weather here, no rain of any consequence for five or six weeks. We have strawberries good and plenty, fifteen cents a quart, with the hulls on. I go down to market sometimes of a morning and buy two or three quarts for the folks I take my meals with. Mother, do you know I have not paid, as you may say, a cent of board since I have been in Washington? that is, for meals, four or five times I have made a rush to leave the folks and find a moderate-priced boarding-house, but every time they have made such a time about it that I have kept on. It is Mr. and Mrs. O'Connor. He is the author of Harrington. 
he has a sixteen hundred dollar office in the treasury and she is a first-rate woman a massachusetts girl they keep house in a moderate way they have one little girl lost a fine boy about a year ago they have two rooms in the same house where i hire my rooms and i take breakfast half past eight and dinner half past four with them as they will have it so that's the way it has gone on now over five months and as i say they won't listen to my leaving but i shall do so i think i can never forget the kindness and real friendship and it appears as though they would continue just the same if it were for all our lives but i have insisted on going to market it is pleasant in the cool of the morning and getting the things at my own expense two or three times a week lately i pay for the room i occupy now seven dollars a month the landlord is a mixture of booby miser and hog his name is g the landlady is a good woman washington raised they are quite rich he is irish of the worst kind has had a good office for ten years until lincoln came in they have bought another house smaller to live in and are going to move were to have moved first of june they had an auction of the house we live in yesterday but nobody came to buy so it was ridiculous we had a red flag out and a nigger walked up and down ringing a big bell which is the fashion here for auctions well mother the war still goes on and everything as much in a fog as ever and the battles as bloody and the wounded and sick getting worse and plentier all the time i see a letter in the tribune from lexington kentucky june fifth headed the ninth army corps departing for vicksburg but i cannot exactly make it out on reading the letter carefully i don't see anything in the letter about the ninth corps moving from vicksburg at any rate i think the second division is more likely to be needed in kentucky or as i said in eastern tennessee as the secesh are expected to make trouble there but one can hardly tell the only thing is to resign oneself to events as they occur it is a sad and dreary time for so many thousands of parents and relatives not knowing what will occur next mother i told you i think last week that i had wrote to han and enclosed george's last letter to me i wrote a week ago last sunday i wonder if she got the letter about the pictures i should like jeff to send them as soon as convenient might send twenty of the big head ten or twelve of the standing figure and three of the carte visite i am writing this in major hapgood's office it is bright and pleasant only the dust here in washington is a great nuisance mother your shirts do first-rate i am wearing them the one i have on to-day suits me better than any i have ever yet had i have not worn the thin coat the last week or so as it has not been very hot lately mother i think something of commencing a series of lectures and reading etc through different cities of the north to supply myself with funds for my hospital and soldiers visits as i do not like to be beholden to the medium of others i need a pretty large supply of money etc to do the good i would like to and the work grows upon me and fascinates me it is the most affecting thing you ever see the lots of poor sick and wounded young men that depend so much in one word or another upon my petting or soothing or feeding sitting by them 
and feeding them their dinner or supper. Some are quite helpless, some wounded in both arms. Or giving some trifle, for a novelty or a change, it isn't for the value of it. Or stopping a little while with them. Nobody will do but me. So, mother, I feel as though I would like to inaugurate a plan by which I could raise means on my own hook. And perhaps quite plenty, too. Best love to you, dearest mother, and to sister Matt and Jeff. Walt. 14. Washington, Monday morning, June twenty-second, 1863. Dear mother, Jeff's letter came informing me of the birth of the little girl and that Mattie was feeling pretty well so far. I hope it will continue. Dear sister, I should much like to come home and see you and the little one. I am sure from Jeff's description it is a noble babe, and as to its being a girl, it is all the better. I am not sure, but the Whitman breed gives better women than men. Well, mother, we are generally anticipating a lively time here or in the neighborhood, as it is probable Lee is feeling about to strike a blow on Washington, or perhaps right into it, and as Lee is no fool, it is perhaps possible he may give us a good shake. He is not very far off. Yesterday was a fight to the southwest of here all day. We heard the cannons nearly all day. The wounded are arriving in small squads every day, mostly cavalry, a great many Ohio men. They send off today from the Washington hospitals a great many to New York, Philadelphia, etc., all who are able to make room, which looks ominous. Indeed, it is pretty certain that there is to be some severe fighting, may be a great battle again the pending week. I am getting so callous that it hardly arouses me at all. I fancy I should take it very quietly if I found myself in the midst of a desperate conflict here in Washington. Mother, I have nothing particular to write about. I see and hear nothing but new and old cases of my poor suffering boys in hospitals, and I dare say you have had enough of such things. I have not missed a day at hospital, I think, for more than three weeks. I get more and more wound round. Poor young men, there are some cases that would literally sink and give up if I did not pass a portion of the time with them. I have quite made up my mind about the lecturing, etc. project. I have no doubt it will succeed well enough the way I shall put it in operation. You know, mother, it is to raise funds to enable me to continue my hospital ministrations on a more free-handed scale. As to the sanitary commissions and the like, I am sick of them all, and would not accept any of their births. You ought to see the way the men, as they lay helpless in bed, turn away their faces from the sight of those agents, chaplains, etc. Hirelings, as Elias Hicks would call them, they seem to me always a set of foxes and wolves. They get well paid, and are always incompetent and disagreeable. As I told you before, the only good fellows I have met are the Christian commissioners. They go everywhere and receive no pay. Dear, dear mother, I want much to see you and dear Mattie, too. I send you both my best love, and Jeff, too. The pictures came. I have not heard from George nor Han. I write a day earlier than usual. Walt. We here think Vicksburg is ours, 
the probability is that it has capitulated and there has been no general assault can't tell yet whether the fifty-first went there we are having very fine weather here to-day rained last night fifteen washington june thirtieth eighteen sixty three dearest mother your letter with hands i have sent to george though whether it will find him or not i cannot tell as i think the fifty-first must be away down at vicksburg i have not had a word from george yet mother i have had quite an attack of sore throat and distress in my head for some days past up to last night but to-day i feel nearly all right again i have been about the city same as usual nearly to the hospitals etc i mean i am told that i hover too much over the beds of the hospitals with fever and putrid wounds etc one soldier brought here about fifteen days ago very low with typhoid fever livingston brooks company b seventeenth pennsylvania cavalry i have particularly stuck to as i found him to be in what appeared to be a dying condition from negligence and a horrible journey of about forty miles bad roads and fast driving and then after he got here as he is a simple country boy very shy and silent and made no complaint they neglected him i found him something like i found john holmes last winter i called the doctor's attention to him shook up the nurses had him bathed in spirits gave him lumps of ice and ice to his head he had a fearful bursting pain in his head and his body was like fire he was very quiet a very sensible boy old-fashioned he did not want to die and i had to lie to him without stint for he thought i knew everything and i always put in of course that what i told him was exactly the truth and that if he got really dangerous i would tell him and not conceal it the rule is to remove bad fever patients out from the main wards to attend by themselves and the doctor told me he would have to be removed i broke it gently to him but the poor boy got it immediately in his head that he was marked with death and was to be removed on that account it had a great effect upon him and although i told the truth this time it did not have as good a result as my former fibs i persuaded the doctor to let him remain for three days he lay just about an even chance go or stay with a little leaning toward the first but mother to make a long story short he is now out of any immediate danger he has been perfectly rational throughout begins to taste a little food for a week he ate nothing i had to compel him to take a quarter of an orange now and then and i will say whether any one calls it pride or not that if he does get up and around again it's me that saved his life mother as i have said in former letters you can have no idea how these sick and dying youngsters cling to a fellow and how fascinating it is with all its hospital surroundings of sadness and scenes of repulsion and death in this same hospital armory square where this cavalry boy is i have about fifteen or twenty particular cases i see much to some of them as much as him there are two from east brooklyn george monk company a seventy eighth new york and stephen redgate his mother is a widow in east brooklyn i have written to her both are pretty badly wounded both are youngsters under nineteen oh mother 
it seems to me as i go through these rows of cots as if it was too bad to accept these children to subject them to such premature experiences i devote myself much to armory square hospital because it contains by far the worst cases most repulsive wounds has the most suffering and most need of consolation i go every day without fail and often at night sometimes stay very late no one interferes with me guards nurses doctors nor anyone i am let to take my own course well mother i suppose you folks think we are in a somewhat dubious position here in washington with lee and strong force almost between us and you northerners well it does look ticklish if the rebs cut the connection then there will be fun the reb cavalry come quite near us dash in and steal wagon trains etc it would be funny if they should come some night to the president's country house soldiers home where he goes out to sleep every night it is in the same direction as their saucy raid last sunday mr lincoln passes here fourteenth street every evening on his way out i noticed him last evening about half past six he was in his barouche two horses guarded by about thirty cavalry the barouche comes first under a slow trot driven by one man in the box no servant or footman beside the cavalry all follow closely after with a lieutenant at their head i had a good view of the president last evening he looks more careworn even than usual his face with deep-cut lines seams and his complexion gray through very dark skin a curious-looking man very sad i said to a lady who is looking with me who can see that man without losing all wish to be sharp upon him personally the lady assented although she is almost vindictive on the course of the administration thinks it wants nerve etc the usual complaint the equipage is rather shabby horses indeed almost what my friends the broadway drivers would call old plugs the president dresses in plain black clothes cylinder hat he was alone yesterday as he came up he first drove over to the house of the secretary of war on k street about three hundred feet from here sat in his carriage while stanton came out and had a fifteen minutes interview with him i can see from my window and then wheeled around the corner and up fourteenth street the cavalry after him i really think it would be safer for him just now to stop at the white house but i expect he is too proud to abandon the former custom then about an hour after we had a large cavalry regiment pass with blankets arms etc on the war march over the same track the regiment was very full over a thousand indeed thirteen or fourteen hundred it was an old regiment veterans old fighters young as they were they were preceded by a fine mounted band of sixteen about ten bugles the rest cymbals and drums i tell you mother it made everything ring made my heart leap they played with a will then the accompaniment the sabres rattled on a thousand men's sides they had pistols their heels were spurred handsome american young men i make no account of any other rude uniforms well worn but good cattle prancing all good riders full of the devil nobody shaved very sunburnt 
the regimental officers splendidly mounted but just as roughly dressed as the men came immediately after the band then company after company with each its officers at its head the tramps of so many horses there is a good hard turnpike then a long train of men with led horses mounted negroes and a long long string of baggage wagons each with four horses and then a strong rear guard i tell you it had the look of real war noble-looking fellows a man feels so proud on a good horse and armed they are off toward the region of lee's supposed rendezvous toward susquehanna for the great anticipated battle alas how many of these healthy handsome rollicking young men will lie cold at death before the apples ripen in the orchard mother it is curious and stirring here in some respects smaller or larger bodies of troops are moving continually many just well men are turned out of the hospitals i am where i see a good deal of them there are getting to be many black troops there is one very good regiment here black as tar they go around have the regular uniform they submit to no nonsense others are constantly forming it is getting to be a common sight the rest of the letter is lost editor end of letters of eighteen sixty two to three eleven through fifteen